This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Good morning. There we are. Are you doing, you doing all right this morning? Good. Uh, my name's Dan. Most people don't get their own intro video. Some call it life news. I call it that. Um, and uh, I have been, I've been recently, over the past few months, had um, a certain amount of comments made about the kind of shirts I wear. Um, but I, I believe this, um, that the kind of shirt you wear is representative of your personality. Uh, you know, I wear quite loud shirts, I'm quite loud. You know, some people like, like more simple things, like, you know, a bit of s- simple sophistication, you know. Uh, I was going to pick on Matt, but he's not in here. Um, uh, and then other people, like Pete just loves wearing blue, um, but that's because you get told to wear blue, right? Yeah, great. Um, so so I, that's what I put. Don't all. They, they all give it me. Anyway. Um, so, th- so, yeah, I, I think it represents our personality. Uh, that's got nothing to do with what I'm going to say this morning. I don't know if you've, you've had a point recently in your life where you've had a sense of anticipation, a sense of waiting. Either you've gone for a job interview and you're waiting to hear back about that job, or you're waiting for a package to arrive that you really just want that thing. Either you're ready to give it to someone, or, or you're ready to receive the item, or, or maybe even to the point where you think back to, if you're married to your wedding day, that sense of anticipation is... As, as, as you're waiting to get married in that service, all these moments of different anticipation, and, and please, don't let you, please don't think I'm crass by comparing packages to arriving to marriage, um, but there is a sense of anticipation sometimes, a sense of waiting for something, and I think the anticipation is exciting, but then when that thing comes, or whatever that moment is, there, there is an amazing excitement, isn't there? There is an amazing moment of actually, yes, my package has arrived, or this amazing moment in my life has happened. Well, this morning, I want us to have a sense of anticipation or, uh, with the story of Elijah as we pick that up, because actually, this moment is a sense of anticipation, and then the thing that he is believing for happens. And so let's jump into that, the breakthrough that the nation needed. Uh, Elijah was the prophet to this nation. The story so far is that God has... God has helped Elijah, God has supported Elijah, God has provided for Elijah, God has developed Elijah. And the nation that Elijah was in was in severe drought and was in need of rain. Was in need of rain in in that nation to, to grow crops, for people to survive, you know, everything that you could imagine. And the king at the time, a guy called Ahab, hadn't dealt with the situation very well. He'd let a bunch of... Um, a bunch of Muppets, a bunch of uh, false prophets get involved, uh, and they were kind of leading the nation astray. And Elijah, just before we pick up this part of the story in 1 Kings 18, he had, um, he had just kind of dealt with that issue around the false prophets, shown them actually what the real power of God is like, and, and we just had that moment. Now he finds himself in a place where God is about to bring the breakthrough that the nation needs, but he needs to do some stuff first. He needs to go on a bit of a journey. Uh, and so we'll pick it up in 1 Kings 18, uh, verse 41. It says, it's going to be on the screen. And Elijah said to Ahab, that's the king who I mentioned before, go eat and drink for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So, Eli- so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of, of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. 
and he went up and looked. There was nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's fist is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black. Sorry, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. The heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah. He took his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Yes, he became the Flash for all the Marvel fans. So this, this moment has happened. Elijah is moving away from the chaos. He's moving to a high place. He's moving to the top of Mount Carmel. He's been at the foot of Mount Carmel where this other incident has happened that we heard about last week. And Elijah got down and prayed. He got down on his knees until something happened, until something shifted. He was praying for the nation, not just for himself. You see, God had provided for Elijah in the past. Elijah, I don't think, was, was worried about whether God would provide for him in this season of drought. He was believing for what God would do in the nation, for what the nation needed. And sometimes, actually, the things that we pray for, the things that we dialogue with God about, the things we talk to God about, are as practical as water. The nation needed water to survive. And this morning, I just want to give a couple of disclaimers about this message. This message this morning is not for you if you don't need any help from God. If you've got everything sorted and you're not needing God to come through on any level of small, big or medium situation. So hopefully you're still all with me. Because hopefully we need God to come through on something. You know, the older I get, the more I realize how much I need God, need his wisdom, need his breakthrough, need to rely on him. You know, 10 years ago when I was 17, 18, I thought I had it all sorted, all sewn up, got it nailed. You love Jesus, that's what you do. But actually, the more, the, as, as I've got older, the more I've realized, actually, I need God more than ever. I definitely don't have this thing sewn up. And so Elijah prayed over and over and over again until he saw a breakthrough, until he saw something happen. And sometimes maybe we ask, when we hear this kind of story, we're like, well, hold on a sec. I prayed, but the breakthrough didn't come. I prayed, and it didn't come. The thing I was believing for didn't come through. So what's so different about Elijah's prayer? Well, this morning, I want to draw out a few things that really display to us for Elijah's story, actually, what it is to pray powerful prayers, to pray prayers that lead to outcomes. But I'll say this, it does not guarantee the outcome we expect. It does not guarantee time scales, and it does not guarantee the answers that we determine. But powerful prayers and the power of prayer can lead to outcomes, can lead to what God wants to do. And prayer, I believe, is about us getting in rhythm with God, getting in step with God. And sometimes we're running one way and God's journeying another. It's kind of a bit like this in Friends. my shoe, so you go ahead, I'll catch up. Okay, okay. Sometimes we're running one way and God's running another. 
And actually, prayer is an opportunity for us to get in step with God. It says in Galatians 5, 25, it's going to be on the screen. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit here on earth, God on earth. And so actually, prayer enables us to engage in a rhythm with God, knowing what he is up to and what he is going to do and what he is about. And so prayer is a conversation with God, a dialogue that can be never-ending, and there is power when we engage with God in prayer. That actually our prayers are powerful, and our prayers connect with the power of God. You know that breakthrough you're believing for right now in your life or in someone else's life? God is preparing a breakthrough around the corner. We've got to stick in there. We've got to keep believing for what God is going to do. And this morning, I don't want this message to be, let's all pray more, just because the guy on stage said. But actually, getting in rhythm with God and the breakthroughs come through, the outcomes come through, whatever you want to call them, because God has so much more for us. And when we engage with him in prayer, we are more in rhythm with what he is up to and what he is doing, what he wants for our life. And so what do we see in this story? What do we see in this story of Elijah that enables us to have prayer with God, to engage with God through prayer that is powerful? Well, in 1 Kings 18 verse 42, we'll jump back there. It says this, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. You see, Elijah was willing to go up the mountain. You see, he could have stayed down where he was and been celebrated and been put on this pedestal. And like he's the guy who's just connected everyone with the power of God and all that kind of thing. But actually, he decided to go up the mountain and then get on his knees. He positioned himself. He humbled himself. He, got, he was getting ready for the breakthrough. There was something so significant about the fact that he got on his knees because he's, he's not sitting there going, yeah, God, do your thing. Or stand there. He got on his knees because he wanted to get low. He wanted to say, God, I am, I'm like literally curling up in a ball. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of compressed about this. I'm believing for what you're going to do. I'm so, so into this. He positioned himself for breakthrough. You see, powerful prayers are humble prayers. Powerful prayers are humble prayers. And prayer is not just about what we ask, but it's about how we ask. Prayer is not just about what we ask, but it's about how we ask. And I believe sometimes God humors us by giving us answers to things, even when our prayers are a bit arrogant. I think he humors us sometimes and goes, yeah, I'll answer that. But, um, you know, if you really want to connect with me, actually, I want to get in rhythm with you. I, want, I don't just want you to come to me when you've got a crisis. I want to engage with you on a daily basis, an hourly basis, on a, in, in rhythm, in life with you. God wants to engage with us in our time of need and celebrate with us in our greatest successes. And so our prayer life can be so much more than just believing for what God is going to do in the crisis. That's why he wants this dialogue. And our attitude is key to the breakthrough that is coming. You see, I think, I think sometimes if we think, and, and I've been there, if we think, oh, I've made it, you know, nailed it, life's going good then where's the space for God to come through? You know, I love Jesus' attitude and how he exemplified it. 
In uh, Philippians 2, it says this, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, Jesus died on a cross, rose from the dead three days later, but it was an act of humility to get a breakthrough which is affecting us for, for eternity. And so when Elijah gets on his knees, he's saying, God, I am getting in an attitude of, re- of, of believing for what you are going to do. I do not have this all sorted. I am going to humble myself and believe what you can do. In James, it says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And humility in prayer isn't just coming to God in meekness and mildness for a big need. Actually, humility in prayer is about coming to God, putting him front and center in our prayer, in our life, and and getting involved with what he is doing and what he wants to do. It's not just about a big need. And actually, when we come in a state of actually, God, you are up to something bigger than me, and I want to get involved in that. And yes, here's my need, here's this thing going on, but I want to be in rhythm with you. And so when we choose to pray out of an attitude where we're saying, God, I want to humble myself before you, it's amazing to see what God can do by his grace. Because we're getting in the right position for breakthrough. See, humble prayers come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. It's not always just about that need. Actually, what about our dreams, visions for life, all those things, the, the success, all these things in life. God wants to engage with us in prayer. You know, for example, this building is a great example of that. That actually, did we need to build a big building, a nice building? No, it was a dream. Did the town request us to build this building? Did the area? No, it was a dream that we kept giving to God and believed for what God was going to do. And so it's now a place where people are connected all the time, where conferences are host, where people are hearing about God all the time. People are trained with so many different things. But it was linked to a dream. It was more than just a need in a moment. And our prayer life, when we come in humility, wow, it's amazing to see what God can do. And sometimes we have to be willing to get our knees dirty. We have to be willing to get a bit low and actually say, God, I need you to come through. But also I've got this dream, I've got this thing that I want to see you come through on. And I want to get in rhythm with you. So powerful prayers are humble prayers, but powerful prayers are specific prayers. I love what it says in in verse 43. Go and look towards the sea, Elijah told his servant. He went up and he looked. There was nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. Elijah was praying for a very, very specific thing. He was praying for rain and he was looking for clouds because, you know, that's where rain comes from. If you didn't know, you know, I just like to throw these little nuggets of science in. Um, and and he keeps sending his servant, but he's believing for a very, very specific thing. But it was also something that was in line with what God was up to and what God wanted to do. And as we said before, it is not something that he was like, God, I really need rain. If you could just drop a little cloud right over me and I'll have my little oasis. He was believing it for the nation. He was believing it for something so much bigger. And if we want to see breakthrough in our lives, we've got to pray specific prayers. We've got to say, God, this is what I want you to do. And yes, God already knows what our need is. 
That's the amazing thing about God. But what he's inviting us to do is, is say it out loud to him or in our head or speak it out to him, however that looks for us, and actually acknowledge, God, I need you to come through. We need this breakthrough as a family, church, wherever it might be, in our community, in our business, wherever it might be. And so God does want to help us in our time of need, but he wants that continual, consistent dialogue. You see, I also believe that what we see here is, in this story of Elijah, is it's, it's not about Elijah telling God how to do stuff. It's about Elijah getting in line with what God is up to. And sometimes, maybe it's just me, I've prayed prayers that have basically been instructing God to do something, and then me sitting there and waiting for him to get on with it. Maybe you've done that, maybe you've not. But actually, what if our prayer life wasn't us giving instructions to God, giving him a step-by-step account, because he needs it from us, obviously, because he's not done anything in his life. But actually, it's about us getting in line with what God is up to and being in a part of what God is up to. See, God is not a machine to be played or a game to level up on. He's our leader, our creator, our father, our Lord. And so when we engage with him, what if we prayed prayers like, God, let your will be done in my life, in my community, in my family, in my friends, wherever it might be. What if we pray, God, what are you up to and how can I get involved? They're great prayers because we're aligning ourselves with what God is up to. And then we say, God, we're believing for this really specific thing. But what if we aligned ourselves? The other thing about specific prayers, they don't guarantee quick or simple answers. You know, sometimes when we present a need to God, God, we need you to come through on this thing. And we're like, here's literally how I want you to do it. Or a specific solution. Don't know if anyone's seen this. Um, Amazon have been doing this for a bit now with Amazon Prime. If you live in certain cities, certain places, you can get your package in one hour. In one hour, you can get it to your door. And sometimes, I think our prayer life is a bit like that. God, I prayed for like three and a half minutes. Cool. So if you could turn it around in the next three hours, that would be great. It works on a ratio. (laughs) But sometimes our prayer life's a bit like Amazon Prime, right? We're like, God, I've got this really specific prayer. I mean, here's a really specific outcome because you've never answered prayers before. (laughs) But sometimes it's a bit like that. And maybe... God is inviting us to have more of a rhythm and a dialogue with him rather than just when we want to log on to Amazon and check our wish list. God is inviting us into this dialogue, this journey, this rhythm together with him. And I think we also need to stop praying prayers. Now, some of you are like, mm? I think we need to stop praying prayers about the things God has already told us to do or the things he's already or the other things that he's already said he will do. Let me give you some examples. Here's here's one. Jesus, shall I share you with my friends today? Sorry, that's just not a good prayer. What about if we prayed, give me the power to share Jesus today? Jesus already told us he wants to share, share him with us. We don't need to ask him whether we need to. We need to ask him for help to do it. Here's another one. God, will you bless me? What if it was, God, will you help me to be faithful? Because when we're faithful, the blessing comes. What, what about this one? This is a big one. Because I've, you know, people pray this nationally as well. God, will you move? Last time I checked, he's already moving. 
How about, God, how are you moving and how can I get involved? What I'm saying is this, is that let's stop praying about some things and start praying into some things. And that's what Elijah did. Elijah wasn't, wasn't praying a prayer and getting down and going, you know, I'm not sure, you know, God, I think, don't know if you know about this issue, but it's like a drought in the land. He's already heard, he's already like given instruction. Can you hear the sound of rain? He's looking out for this cloud, all this kind of stuff. And so powerful prayers are specific prayers. Then, then I love, I love um, if we just look back at verse 43 again. He, he says to him, go look um, towards the sea. And he went up and looked again. There was nothing there. And he sent him seven times, go back. Well, he sent him seven times. He was still believing. He kept sending his servant. You see, powerful prayers are, are persistent prayers. Powerful prayers are persistent prayers. What are we still believing for? What are we still wanting God to come through on? How many times are we willing to go and look? What if we give up on the sixth time? What if the breakthrough is just around the corner? What if, what if, what if? We've got to stick in there. And I don't think we need loads of faith to do that. You see, Jesus said, actually, faith inside of the mustard seed can move a mountain. We have these big moments where we feel full of faith, but actually God's wanting us to have that consistent faith, to keep believing, keep sowing that seed, keep going, oh, I'm going to pray that prayer. Every, I'm going to pray that prayer every day. I'm going to believe for what God can do in this person's life, wherever it might be. It says, in, it says in James 5, verse 16, it says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Simply, a righteous person is someone who's in rhythm with God, someone who's connected with God, someone who's living that life. And this one isn't a, a, a to-do list of what to do with our prayer. It's looking at Elijah's story and going, actually, how can we get fully in rhythm with God? Because God wants more, not for us to do, but he just wants to engage with us. All, it all comes back to relationship. Because when we're in rhythm with him, we find that persistency, we found that, we found that relentlessness in our prayer to believe him coming through. And so powerful prayers are persistent prayers. Powerful prayers are expectant prayers. I love what it says in verse 41. Elijah said to Ahab, go and eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. There is the sound of a heavy rain. No sign, still drought. How come only Elijah could hear the sound of heavy rain? Don't really have an answer. But the thing is this, there's a sound of breakthrough. You see, in the story um, of Joshua, when the people walked around Jericho 13 times, one, one time on six day, one time each six days, and then seven times on the seventh day, and they were believing for the walls to come down and, and breakthrough to come in that situation. It didn't come until they'd gone around it 13 times. But there was already a sound because God had instructed them to like play the trumpets and all them relevant music items back then. And so that what is the sound of breakthrough? The sound of breakthrough is praise. And so what if we started praising before we even saw the breakthrough happening? Because actually the sound of breakthrough is us praising. Because Elijah was so confident of what God was going to do. That's why he could hear the sound of rain. He was already giving thanks to God. He was already aligning himself up with what God was about to do. And then what did he see? Verse 44, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud the size of a small man's hand 
How do you even see that? It's not a small man's hand, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I have small hands, so maybe I'm referring to myself. I also can't read. A cloud as small as a man's hand was rising from the sea. Maybe I, you know, just slightly exaggerating that. It's probably an average man's hand size. Very good. Um, how is that a breakthrough? A size of a man's fist. I don't even know what a cloud that size does. I'm not a meteorologist or scientist or one of those people that likes the weather. I've just got an app on my phone. But what does a cloud decide? My, my, when my phone tells me what the weather's going to be, it doesn't go sun and then a cloud the size of a man's hand. Just FYI, watch out for it. It's a big one coming your way. What, what is that? And then, and, and, and then he's like, cool, job's done. Job's done. That's it, you know. Rain's coming. The cloud the size of him. He's like, tell, he, he then says, go tell, um, he says this in verse 40, later on in 44. So Elijah said, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. <laughs> I wonder what Ahab's thinking. I see one cloud. Rain stopping me. <laughs> but then, meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds and the wind rose. The heavy rain started falling. Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, took his cloak and his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. What are we expecting? What kind of breakthrough are we looking for? Are we seeing a bit of a breakthrough? Are we seeing that the cloud as small as a man's fist? Are we seeing that and going, nah, that's not God? Or are we like, no, God's, that's a sign. God's bringing the breakthrough. God's coming through. And then, and then the other thing is, this is Elijah uh, gets prepared. He tells Ahab to go and do that thing with his chariot. And then he tucks his cloak in, in, his, in his belt. I don't know why I did that. And, and he then runs like the flash in this miracle moment across the land and gets there, gets there ahead of Ahab. But, uh, but all these breakthroughs Elijah was preparing himself for. He was doing preparation with people. And sometimes we're believing for the breakthrough. But then we don't get ready until God is 100% come through. You know, last Saturday night we had a gig in this room for young people. 250 young people came out. And um, I think it was 60 of them. Is that, we got that right? Yeah. 60 young people, or 62, 63, responded to Jesus to make a decision to follow Jesus. Which was absolutely amazing. But what if we'd only prepared 10 response packs and had one person on the response team? It's not very prepared for what, God, what we believe in God might do. No, we had loads ready. We had a ton of team ready to connect with these young people, pray with these young people. It's like anything in life. It's like, oh, we've got that, got that new job. I start in three weeks. So do we spend the three weeks just getting better at FIFA and whatever else we do? Maybe it's just me. But actually, we're like, what if we were preparing for that thing? Well, we'd do all that in life, wouldn't we? But sometimes when we're believing for something for God to come through, we're like, no, I, I will only get ready when God's come through 100%. When God's done his thing, I, then I'll get ready. But what if that's too late? Because if we're praying, if powerful prayers are expectant prayers, then we need to get ready for what God is going to do. The final thought is this. What if our prayers went beyond our breakthrough? What if our prayers went beyond our breakthrough? What if our prayers started to spark other prayers? Our prayers are like a fire that we light and we sit around with God. 
And the more we pray, the more that fire burns. But then what if other people see that fire and are inspired by that? What if they're like, actually, when I'm praying or I'm in my life group or, or on a Sunday we're believing for that thing or whatever it might be, it sparks other people to light fires, to, to ignite more of their prayer life. And they put fuel on their fire. The more and more fires are raging, one sparking another, our prayer can go well beyond our breakthrough. It's kind of a bit like this. Take your eyes on the screen. What if our prayers were like that? What if actually because of our prayer, because we were praying such powerful prayers and believing for what God was going to do in our lives and beyond our lives, other people were ignited by that. 
Other people in this space and beyond were like, oh, what if we believed together for what God can do? What if we got in rhythm with God? What if we got engaged more with God and saw God do even more stuff? Not because he's a machine to be controlled or a game to level up on, but because we're engaging with the Lord of the universe, the creator of the universe, our Father, our God, our rescuer, because he is up to something. So powerful prayers, the final thought is this. His powerful prayers are fire-starting prayers. A friend of mine said this to me recently. God gives us matches to light some wildfires and light up the world. And we end up keeping the matches in our pocket. See, like, if we just keep a match in, the po- in our pocket and don't, like, strike it or light it, what use is it? But actually our prayers are like matches that are lit. And then we begin That fire begins to burn more and more and more. And as we're sitting around that fire with God, it inspires others. So let's go light some fires. Let our prayers inspire others. Our prayers can be so much more than a holy huddle with God and our own breakthrough, but to inspire so many others. And a powerful prayer life is, I don't believe, is the goal of life, but being the ultimate version of ourselves who partners with God who journeys with God, who's in rhythm with God, who's, who's in step with God. That is part of the dream for life. Being able to be connected to him in conversation with him, to talk with him, to journey with him. He invites us to be in rhythm with him. I love what it says in Galatians 5.25, to be in step with the spirit. And so a powerful prayer life is key for us, be, uh, key for us being in rhythm with who God's created us to be. And it is Jesus who enables us to be that. That actually when we connect with him and we continually reconnect with him and every day we can connect with Jesus, this Jesus who died on the cross, rose from the dead three days later so that actually we could be in dialogue with him, with God himself, in journey with him, seeing what he would do, seeing the breakthroughs come, that actually then we would be fully connected to him and journey with him. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.